you've landed onto episode 147. Thanks for being here. Have you meditated on your desires for years and they have not come true? Maybe you've said daily affirmations about becoming a millionaire and more debt seems to happen instead. Or maybe you've sent self-love to your body to support weight loss or improved gut health or a better relationship with food and the problem just seems to get worse as the years go on to the point you feel, I'm just not strong enough for this stuff. If any of this resonates with you, then you're in the right place because on today's episode, we get into why the world of self-help and mindfulness is letting so many people down on their quest for living an abundant and fulfilled life. And of course, how you can start leveraging the right approach to make real change happen today. Hey, we all want that, don't we? So, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Good to have you back on the show. It's my mission to coach 250 men and women to lose weight and be their healthiest self before the end of December 2021. I'm excited to share today's conversation with you because I think with the state of the world and what I mean by that is all of the money problems, the small business problems people are having right now, all of the issues people are having overeating food and with their body given that they're locked up in their home with their pantry and their fridge 24-7 and of course, potentially the real pandemic which is mental health breakdown across the globe. We're seeing suicide numbers skyrocket, psychologists here in Australia booked out for over 12 months. There's a lot going on. And it's likely you're in a situation where you feel out of alignment with your own reality and the world right now. So I think this conversation is timely because we have Daniel Mangena, who is a motivational speaker, author, writer, podcaster, and coach in the interesting category of attraction and manifestation, something I think we'd all like control over right now. He's got a number of epic books, fewer that are bestsellers as well, The Money Game, Stepping Beyond Intention, From Time to Time, and The Dreamer's Manifesto. Daniel ended up on this path after a life-shattering trauma at the age of 20 years old, accompanied by a lifetime of suicidal thoughts. Through his own struggles, he forged a four-step system called the Beyond Intention Paradigm and now utilizes that system to help people live abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. Who doesn't want that? And his prolific work recently earned him a spot in the Wall Street Journal listed as a master of success. I think this is a very pertinent time for this conversation, Daniel, especially for us 50% of Aussie listeners here in Australia. So a warm welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. So you're in such an interesting field. Like <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably categorized by some people as the, the woo-woo space, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that maybe sets me aside from my more woo-woo compadres in our field is I, I, I'm seen by some of my closer friends. It's like I'm infiltrating the mainstream with the woo-woo. You're a disruptor. And little woo-woo bombs all over. Yeah, because um, there is magic to the magic. But like one of my keynotes is called Stop Meditating. So I'm really bringing a disruptive approach to how the woo can be better integrated into all that we're doing in our lives. So, well, you mentioned Stop Meditating then. I mean, at least here in Australia, the last 
10 to 20 years, meditation's become a normal conversation with many people as a, and mindfulness as a solution mm-hmm. to problems. And if we focus our energy in, in, you know, in silence kind of thing on something that, that will contribute to it happening in our lives. So why, why the stop meditating mm-hmm. mantra or movement? <laughs> Well, it was, it was, and I've actually got some snapbacks you can get on my website, stop meditating snapback. <laughs> and people like get like really angry. What do you mean stop meditating? You changed my life. <laughs> um, it's like, well, to stop something, it has to be in motion. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say don't meditate, I said stop. And part and parcel of what I'm really getting into is that point you said, people saying meditation is a solution. It's not, it's part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Because meditation only really deals with one level of our experience. Let's look at the work that you're doing, the great work you're doing, empowering people to create more health. Mm-hmm. If people just meditated on being in shape, they just put it on their vision board, they just prayed about it, is anything going to change? Very unlikely. So seeing as when I put a practical example in the mix, everybody's like, well, that's ridiculous. Why, why, why are we running around leaving our success, leaving our health, leaving our relationships on a vision board or in the field of infinite possibilities that we access in our meditation, coming back into our lives, thinking exactly the same thoughts, not doing anything about our beliefs, having exactly the same habits and behaviors, and then wondering why the magic doesn't work. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I I mean, the, the way that I work with people is potentially what you're kind of alluding to is that in order for it to be in the, the abundance or the, in the universe or at source, there has to be a physical manifestation or a physical action that aligns with both of those worlds, right? Physical action is a physical anchor. Yeah. I mean, look, when I break down, so there's a, a principle I teach called the flow funnel. Mm-hmm. And by the way, listeners, yes, I focus on financial abundance, but quick secret. I had no, I mean, this isn't what I was interested in doing. I literally, when I first wrote, so Stephen Mule Intentions, I don't know if you can see it behind me. When I wrote this book, when I started doing this work, I wanted people to live life on their terms. I wanted them to have more, more love, more health, more yumminess across the board. Mm-hmm. But when I said, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be a millionaire, everyone started signing up for my programs. And then I was like, okay, now you're here. We're going to teach you how to <laughs> create your own reality. <laughs> and it's going to be abundant too. But it was literally the backdoor hack for me. That's the tangible, right? It was the tangible. It was a backdoor. But what I found more and more, this is the thing, man. More and more I found that money was exactly that, a tangible way to assess whether what I'm saying makes sense. Mm -hmm. When I give you a four-step model or I give you the flow funnel or I give you a teaching, I say, go and do that and go and manifest a hundred bucks. The hundred bucks doesn't show up. You know, I'm full of it. The hundred bucks shows up, you know, it works. When I teach you it in a way that you can then go and apply it to your relationships, to your health, to living a life of purpose, to your career, to your business, aha, now we've got a transferable skill. We've got something we can do something with. Mm -hmm. But reality isn't just this spiritual, I mean, we're not just energy beings floating around in the ether, right? But we're also not just a physical body. That's why I'm sure you've encountered people that they do the diet, right? They do the workout, but they don't lose any weight. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Nothing happens because their mind, the the mental image that they have of themselves in their mind, which has more to do with what we actually look like, is still held in the old version. It hasn't caught up with the actions and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Or... The chemicals and hormones running around in their body because their emotional state is still firing cortisol, so their fat deposits are still staying big because the cortisol levels are still spiked. Absolutely. So it's tackling all of them all together. That's what Stop Meditating is all about. What am I feeling, Mm -hmm. right, which I can impact with my meditation, with my spiritual practice, with my breath work, with my yoga, with my praying, with my temple, with my church, my synagogue, my mosque, whatever. 
my mindset, my beliefs, the narratives that I'm running on, the mental image that's projecting out into my world, mm-hmm. but then also my actions, my habits and behaviors. Yeah, I like it. So I guess you, from what I've been looking into and listening, you really specialize in working with people that um, that have been doing the work, quote unquote, the meditations, <laughs> the hypnoses, <laughs> the, the psychologist sessions for 10, 20 years and nothing has changed. Like, <laughs> So is it simply that most people are focused in their mind and at the end of their mindfulness, they go back to an old reality? In many cases. I mean, I don't believe in cookie cutters, so I don't think that's the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. But in many instances, you'll see. And yeah, I do. I have had the, the honor of being a part of the transformation of people who have been, in some cases, you know, 50 years. Mm-hmm. 50 wow. years going at it, doing spiritual work. There's one a beautiful soul that works, does our work. She's like got pictures of her hanging out with Ram Das in the 70s. Whoa. Right? She's been at it. Right? She's actually been at it. But there are still gaps. She's one of the happiest, most beautiful souls you'll ever meet. But there have been gaps. Mm -hmm. Where are those gaps? What the mental images and what the habits and behaviors are. As those change, guess what happens? Everything changes. Mm. But, you know, someone who's only done five minutes of work can still see the same thing because we're creating that foundation. Sorry to cut, we're creating that foundation. That can go and do stuff. But even people that have been trying for decades do find success with what we're doing. Yeah, I love that. And you, I've, you've said as well that like manifestation is repeatable and predictable. That's, um, mm-hmm. that's an int- probably an interesting concept to many people. It definitely is to me as well. And so mm-hmm. I, I can imagine listeners are probably being like, what? You know, I, I can just make it happen on the fly. So wh- <laughs> what is that missing piece in people's belief system about manifestation that they're, that they're currently not connecting it to a physical outcome? Well, let's just take a look at what manifestation really is. Manifestation as a word, and as they're probably thinking about it, is some nonsensical term that was created by people to sell courses for 997 on Instagram. That's what they really want, what manifesting is, right? <laughs> We're all manifesting all the time. You don't need to pay someone 20 grand to teach you how to manifest. Mm-hmm. What we are calling in is a conscious relationship to what we are manifesting. Mm-hmm. The predictability of what we're going to create in our manifestation, which is what physical reality is, mm-hmm. depends on the patterns of what we're, we're putting out to manifest. So someone that doesn't change anything, you can predict what's going to happen the next day. Someone who doesn't do anything to heal their relationships can predict what's going to happen in the next relationship if they're willing to stare that shadow down. Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't do anything to change their relationship to their body is going to find, no matter what diet that they do, they're going to end up in exactly the same place. Predictably, because... Nothing in nature is unpredictable, mm-hmm. but we're not always prepared to look at what the, the inputs are going into the formula that's going to lead to, because that means that we have to take responsibility. It means we can't keep blaming other people because the source of what manifests from our relationship to source is us yeah. in all things and at all times, but not always consciously. Yeah, I like that. And I, it kind of brings a question to mind. So we've, we've kind of got like the let's say the universe or source or God, whatever it is for some people, and then our physical, tangible reality. And so mm-hmm. even you mentioned the diet thing there, like even if people are doing the diet, doing the workouts, because they haven't changed the their projection or their belief of themselves from source, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. they do, they won't be able to change that, right? No. This is why lottery winners, 90% of them go to exactly back where they were within five years. Mm-hmm. 90% of people who get sometimes even hundreds of millions go back to exactly where they were in five years. Why? Because we always go home. Unless that home play has been changed, Mm -hmm. we're going to keep coming back. 
All it takes is you being unconscious for a moment. Mm-hmm. What do they say? Uh, it takes 67 days to build a habit and one day to break it, a minute <laughs> to break it or whatever. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, but we've, we've got these fantastical ideas. That I'm going to wave this magic wand. Everything's going to change forever, but I'm not changing myself. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think unless, you know, unless it's a significantly traumatic event that happens in, you know, an instant, the, you've just mm-hmm. got to do the work to change those worlds. Mm-hmm. But, but what, why does trauma work to create that massive change? Because it impacts us physically, mentally, and emotionally. It actually mm-hmm. goes in and hardwires in a new emotional response. It hardwires in. Um, uh, the physiology actually changes. Like there are actually imprints. Trauma actually gets held in the body physically. Yeah. It imprints in on the mind. It says, this is what's going to happen if this happens or that doesn't happen. So we have that hard rewrite, but we can create positive traumas too. But do we want to wait for a positive or negative trauma? Or do we want to do the work of actually just remembering how things sharpen the programs in the first place and just doing the work on a consistent basis to change it? I had this one woman, she worked with me a couple of years ago. Long story short, at the end of our time together, she says, Dad, I don't think I'm going to continue. I said, why? She goes, well, I've seen that the, the gurus, like Guru Yogananda and these other guys, God gave them everything that they need. And some of them even manifested things out of thin air. I think that's what I'm going to do. But we lose sight of the fact that how long was Jesus out in the wilderness for? Was it 10 years as in the wilderness? A lot of these yogis and gurus spent 10, 20, 30 years in the mountains and then come down with the ability to do these great feats. Mm-hmm. Do we want to wait 30 years when we may or may not do our whole Doctor Strange thing with our yogi leader guru in the mountains <laughs> yeah. of Nanda Parbat? Or do we just want to have some consistent change now? We've had people go from zero to millions in a year. Mm-hmm. We've had people that have created financial freedom in months because they've just consistently stepped up and done the work on what they're thinking, feeling, and doing on a consistent basis. And change comes, whether it's your health, your relationships, or your money. It's the same. I like it. You're talking my language. This is how I work with clients too um, in many ways to get the no. balance between all of those different sides. But, but the, what you were talking about just there kind of triggered a thought about um, like Jim Carrey. So Jim Carrey mm-hmm. has kind of, you know, the media has positioned him in the last maybe five years as someone that's losing his mind, right? And, and someone mm-hmm. that went with all the quotes and speeches and stuff that he's been pumping out in the last five years, he's sort of letting people know that it's not what being famous and rich is not what it's cracked up to be. And so that leads me to ask, are we sabotaging our own successes because what we think we want is as a result of social conditioning. And so we've got this idea Mm -hmm. of what we should want. And then Mm -hmm. many of the people that arrive where that, where they thought they wanted to be are like, Oh, this is actually not what I want. So is is that a lack of Mm -hmm. experience with the outcome or is that just social conditioning? We could say for the most part, social conditioning. I mean, humans for the most part are social creatures, Mm -hmm. right? For the most part, we're not consciously in relationship to what our inputs are and how those are affecting us at the mental level. That mental input is creating those mental programs that run at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of our conscious inputs, right? It's just, you're not going to keep up with it. So a lot of people are actually running around thinking, oh, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want, when actually they've just been unconsciously running along with whatever the inputs have been. The media does a very, very strong job of telling you what you're supposed to want. Even if you look at like the beauty industry, in the 60s, like Marilyn Monroe was considered to be beautiful. In the 70s, it was Twiggy. Mm -hmm. Right? In 20 years time, they're going to be talking about the 2000s and saying it's 
you know, fake big butts is what everybody loved and whatever the thing is, whatever the Cardassians are pumping out. So they, we've got these ideas that are being blasted, for, especially people that just watch the news all the time. Yeah. They're ruining right? our lives, those people right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, when you look at social media, social media doesn't show you anything new. It shows you the same thing based on what you've been mm-hmm. looking at. It keeps you in this bubble. Yeah. The algorithm keeps you in the bubble. Oh, you, you're a small-minded bigot that thinks X, Y, and Z. Here's some more content to support that idea. <laughs> totally. <Ta-da! laughs> and this is what, what happens. Mm-hmm. And then that program that's deciding what we, what we like and what we don't like, which generally isn't really a choice. When we're using the mind, it's not really a choice. That's why it's so powerful to go into the body and to go into the heart and allow yourself from a deeper level to get shown what really matters going into the silence, like using practices like meditation mm-hmm. and bypassing the mind and the ego and those programs to see what really here resonates from the heart as what we desire. But how often do we do that? <laughs> Most people are yeah too busy with the chaos of life to hit, hit mm-hmm. pause and tune into that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, I guess, con- potentially a confronting thing for people to actually listen to themselves. And I think as well, what I find working with people, sort of the first, you know, I've got a health and nutrition plan, as you know, but the first sort of month, we don't actually talk about food really. And people get in mm-hmm. on day one, they're like, okay, I'm about to buy 400 kilos of kale and live off not enough calories for the next three months. And, and this first <laughs> chapter is like, whoa, hang on, hang on. We're going to figure out what's in your mind and what you truly want first. Mm-hmm. And people are doing this maybe they're 30, 40, 50, 60 for the first time and they find looking into themselves so confronting. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Yeah, because there's an unknown there, mm-hmm. right? And there's a responsibility that's going to be demanded of us there that we don't want. Absolutely. Think about it, if you've spent 30, 40, 50, 60 years blaming everybody else for your stuff, when this Matty Landon comes along and says, no, we're going to look at you and see what's actually going on. You mean I can't blame my mum? This isn't the government's fault? <laughs> what? No, I can't do this. We're scared of that mm-hmm. because a lot of our identity is based on projecting responsibility on other people through blame mm-hmm. or through shame and all this other nonsense. When we have to face that down, that's unknown. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm responsible? We don't like that. Yeah, responsibility is a, a heavy burden for many people that have yeah always <laughs> outsourced it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I guess the, with the work that you do, I'm really curious to learn, like, is there a commonality at all in the missing piece for everybody? Is it just that tangible, physical piece? Or is, is there a commonality with the people you see that they're missing this piece? I don't believe in cookie-cutter approaches. I think everyone's going to have their own experiences. They're Mm -hmm. going to have their own thing. But the common thread is not being aligned in addressing all of them. Mm -hmm. Some people tackle two and leave one. Some people tackle one and leave two. And for some people, it's another two and there's another one. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what I find consistently is people who are not getting what they want is because they're not completely aligned between knowing what they want and then experiencing it through what they're feeling, what they're thinking and what they're doing. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. 
And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it, skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. On all three of those levels, right now, well, at least in Australia, we're in a situation where the army is patrolling parts of the streets to keep people locked is up. That, is that bad? Yeah, yeah, and we have single-digit case, like cases and deaths and stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't know that you had army. Yeah, it's fucked okay. up, basically. I don't, I, I don't want to get you blacklisted as a podcast, but... No, no, no totally. That's but, shit, bro. But, I, but I guess on that, those three levels, like... In Australia, we're dealing with so much media, so much energy, so much whatever that's just, you know, forcing us down this dark path. So how can we, how can we leverage something to be, you know, positive, in alignment in our own homes when mm-hmm. there's what feels like so much that is out of our control? Mm-hmm. Realize that it was never in control and that this control that you're chasing after is an illusion. <laughs> And even if you had it, it wouldn't change anything anyway, because by the time you get to experiencing this thing that you want to control over, the momentum from source, which is where the creation actually happens, is already in play. That's like trying to catch smoke to stop the fire. Oh my God, I can't catch the smoke. Why can't I catch the smoke? Oh my God, I didn't catch the smoke. Blah, blah, blah. It's like the fire's there. There's the woods and the stuff with the fire. That's where it's really coming from. Yeah. So, I mean, what I find... Really, I, I, I did some work um, from this guy called Robert Scheinfeld, I think his name was. And he says that all struggling, suffering and pain comes from the stories that we attach to what happens. Mm-hmm. Our expectations about what is supposed to happen, our judgments of what is happening. Very Buddhist in nature, but mm. honestly, going through that process of learning to accept that everything that's showing up mm-hmm that I'm relating to is either my conscious or unconscious manifestation or my conscious or unconscious response to what I've already manifested in the past that echoes of what I've created before. When I understand that, then instead of me fighting what is, I can focus on consciously creating what's to come so that it doesn't include what I don't want from what is right now. Yeah, right. That's it. My power is not in fighting what is or, right, for example, for me, you know what? I focus on creating a life that I can live on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm in a country that's pretty chill. If it got less chill here, then guess what? I've created a life that I can live on my terms. I've got sufficient financial resources to pack my family up and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I've resourced myself. I can't control what is or is not going to happen. I don't know what the policy is going to still be here in Mexico or even in my state. I don't know that. But I do know that I can resource myself to be in a position to do mm-hmm. something about what shows up so I can respond rather than, oh my God, they're taking my freedoms and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to shout in the streets. The government can't hear you shout in the streets, bro. Like, <laughs> that's not going to... Like, your, your Facebook post is really not changing anybody's mind. People <laughs> that believe that everything that's been done is... 
positive are going to ride along. And those that don't believe, you haven't changed their mind, they're ready, we're rocking with you. Can you do anything about your situation there? No. But what you can do is start to change what you are manifesting so that either you're not negatively impacted. I can't do anything about COVID. It's a collective agreement. Billions of people believe in it. I'm not going to unmanifest COVID. But what I can do is manifest that my reality is not negatively impacted by this experience. But going back to your what you were talking about before, what is the, the tangible of that? Um, because uh, I would argue that, you know, without the action by either side, mm-hmm. then, of mm-hmm. course, one will prevail if the other one is in, it has an absence of mm-hmm. opposition. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of spiritual friends and we kind of have this debate and it's like if everybody sits at home and just manifests... Oh, the, oh, the spiritual bypass. Yeah, like we, yeah. we don't... We need a physical reality for the disagreement yeah. or for the opposition or... But this is the thing. Physical action is the last point of contact with manifestation. It's the last, this is the last point of contact with the intention or the program. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to the physical action part, you're just basically receiving, you're catching what you've already pitched. Yeah. What you've pitched with emotion, what you've pitched with belief. What you've pitched with, with your energy field and what you've pitched with your, your visualization or your, 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 your mental projection. So the action piece is the last step. If I'm focused on the last step, again, I'm going back to trying to catch the smoke and not dealing with the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm blowing the smoke. The fire's going to go because I'm taking all this action. I'm working nonstop to blow the smoke. Well, the fire's coming there from the wood and the fuel. I need to... So action, yes, but action should be directed and it should take into account the role that it plays. If I'm taking action, but I haven't done anything about what I'm mentally projecting, I haven't done anything about the vibrational flow that I'm in, then nothing's going to change with what's physically manifested. It may take a different shape. It may take a different form, but I'm more likely just to burn myself out trying to fight what is. So what action do I take? Well, we've got to look at, we're going a bit down the rabbit hole here, but we've got to look at from a quantum perspective, how much power sits behind something that a lot of people believe in. Lynn McTaggart in her work, The Power of Eight, did the science on this, that when at least eight people hold something, physical reality can, can change. Yeah, right. We've got billions of people in a state of fear, billions of people <laughs> like running to go and get themselves, you know, with certain medical procedures <laughs> or whatever, thinking it's going to save them all from fear or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm not an anti-V, right? I'm just like, okay, but if you're doing something from a place of fear, mm. agreed, it's not going to have an expansive outcome. Mm-hmm. If you're not, people that are refusing to do things, medical procedures, mm-hmm. they're in as just much as a fudged up position because you're refusing from a place of fear. So you're only going to have a fear-based outcome at the end of the day. Mm. So the very first thing to do is to take care of, okay, what's the vibration of fly I'm sitting at? In? Am I in a place of expansion or am I in a place of fear? Are my belief systems that everything's going wrong? What things are moving forward for me? And then what's presenting itself as actions that I can take against the backdrop of that and then taking those actions? Mm-hmm. I like it. That's good. That's good. I, I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah, you talked about not taking it from a place of fear, and I, I really resonate too with the fact that you've got to acknowledge how much energy sits behind a particular, you know, th- rock that you're trying to shift. I think that that's, yeah, it's good to identify. <laughs> yeah. No, collective agreements are mad. Like reality, is literally built on a series of collective agreements. Gravity is a collective agreement. The sun rising in the east and setting in the west. A collective agreement. It's just energy moving in and out of form, but enough people have held that idea for long enough for it to be the thing that we expect it to be, and therefore it is. Mm, that's deep. I like it. 
I like it. I think people's minds are exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to talk about money as well. So obviously money is the thing yeah, that you do. work with a lot. Um, and I know well, mm-hmm. as a small business owner myself here in Australia and with many friends and family and whatnot that have small businesses, it's a devastating time, an absolutely devastating time. But mm. off the back of that conversation about when there's so much energy behind something, um, you know, mm-hmm. it seems to be that there's a lot of energy behind bankrupting small business, at least here in Australia. And so I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. as to what the the flow or the direction or the thought pattern might be for those listening that have lost their jobs, uh, that are potentially experiencing multi-generational financial problems that are beginning now, um, small business closures. Like mm-hmm. where do those people begin to disconnect themselves from the fear and attach to something leads to money in this time one baby step at a time so one of the principles you will read about in most of my work is what i call micro shifting and what micro shifting essentially asks us to do is to look at where we are and then say what's the step beyond where i am in a positive direction that i can Mm -hmm. move in without resistance all right when i make a series of those on a consistent basis towards a consciously chosen outcome that's a micro that's a series of micro shifts someone who's in a messed up situation such as that Trying to fight the whole situation, you're probably going to burn out or you're going to get depressed or you're going to be one of those people that unfortunately takes a decision to go the other way with things, right? Mm. Um, But when you can look at your situation and say, okay, what in this mess can I do something about positively that moves me in the right direction? And then do that. What in this mess? Now, this new perspective that I have on the mess, what's one thing I can do to move me in a positive direction? What's one thing I can do? When I say one thing I can do, I mean in what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, and what I'm doing. We're talking about a collaborative relationship in terms of alignment, Mm -hmm. okay? How can I shift my spiritual, mental, and physical situation? And I'm not talking about big steps. Again, these are baby steps. Anything I can do with no resistance. It might just be all I can do right now is sign the paperwork for my bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. It could be that that's what it is. It could be all I can do is research some opportunities I can do with my current skill set. It might be, let me shoot some emails out and see if anybody else, there's someone I can collaborate with. It might be, let me get my business plan. It might be, let me share this idea with one person today who may be in a position to support me with getting something to actually make something happen with my business. I don't know what the step is for that, for each person, but it could be something as small as that. But any of that done without full responsibility for what's shown up mm-hmm. and for what is going to show up is going to be met with doom and gloom. If, you're going into this saying, if it wasn't for freaking, you know, COVID-19, if it wasn't for the government locking me down or it wasn't for this, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, screw the Chinese yeah. of Wuhan for what they did, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're on the other side, screw Bill Gates for his <laughs> megalomaniac thing or whatever, <laughs> the cabal. Yeah, totally. Like, whichever one it is, if there's, any, <laughs> if there's any outwardly projected responsibility, then we're wasting our time. Mm-hmm. How can you deploy agency that you've denied through blame? Makes perfect sense. You can't, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you're holding the wrong position to move forward. So it's doing that. You're not in a position to move forward. You're in a position to run around in a circle. You're running towards a treadmill in that instance. Yeah. So it takes responsibility, radical responsibility, even for things that there is literally, I don't, there's been times when I'm like, hot damn, this actually, this person really did screw me or this situation screwed me. And I feel like a bit of a madman saying, okay, I accept my responsibility for it. I don't know how, but I accept it. But that 
puts you in such a powerful position, mentally and emotionally going forward, taking the next steps. People might call you crazy. They'll say, Sarah, Sarah Lou cheated on you. It's not your fault. We're not talking about fault. We're not blaming ourselves either. We're accepting responsibility for change. Very, very different. I like that you said in there, uh, when you said, uh, you know, I take responsibility for it, I don't know how. Because I think that people might get mm-hmm. caught up on that bit because when they're, quote unquote, not to blame, how do I take responsibility mm-hmm. if I can't grab onto a tangible thing that's like, oh, if I didn't make X decision or if I didn't do X thing. So you're sort of suggesting uh, maybe a bit of a surrendering to the process? Yep, surrendering to the intentional process. Mm-hmm. I like it. So we're not just like, oh, I'm... I don't know what's to blame and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward intentionally towards full responsibility so I can claim my power to create my own reality. Mm -hmm. And I'm surrendering to what that looks like, how it shows up or where it leads to. But I'm very intentional about where I'm moving towards. And I'm deploying that, the agency that comes from that intentionality and this responsibility, moment to moment, choice to choice, choice by choice, day by day. That's when change happens in your finances and your relationships and in your health. That's when change happens in your reality. That's when even the craziness happening around you doesn't, of all of the countries in the world, that could have been in right now. I happen to be in one of the few countries where the federal government are like, we're going to let people be grown ups. We're going to have these healthy guidelines. But other than that, people are responsible for themselves. Of all the countries in the world. I want to be in Mexico right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely in Mexico, I have to say. I'm sensible. I don't do anything from a place of fear. Thankfully, I'm in a country where I've got access to um, medicine that Oxford University is only just now doing the research into, but I've had access to that medicine since the beginning. I had an actual, and again, guys, please stop taking med- medical advices from Bob down at the bar, pub, pub, in either direction. <laughs> totally. Stop asking Mary Lou on Instagram, who's probably a fat guy called Albert living in his grandma's basement for medical <laughs> advice. He's just good at marketing. Or health advice. Just stop yeah, stop it. Stop sharing memes about Bill Gates and Fauci going to university together. They went to two completely different universities. All you're doing is making yourself and any movement towards change looking more ridiculous. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to the experts. I happened to be in business. Um, I was doing a project with a, an actual medical doctor who was like, he's done some research on this thing and this thing works. Before it came out that Oxford University would do the thing. I'm in Mexico. I've got a pharmacist on speed dial who can bring me medicine to my house. So like, <laughs> I've taken precautions, but then I'm not in fear. I'm not in yeah, fear. I'm not totally. fighting anyone. I'm not running around to the supermarket punching anyone who tries to make me wear a face mask. Like, I'm going to wear a face mask for 20 minutes and then move home and take it off. Okay, cool. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So not coming from this wasting energy from fear, taking advice from people who don't know what they're talking about on either side of the discussion. Mm-hmm. But claiming responsibility and from that place making choices to create the reality that I want to live. I'm glad that you shared that because uh, after spending the better part of 10 years in medical research myself, um, it drives me a little bit crazy (laughs) from time to time when Tom, Dick and Harry on Instagram with their meme are now equally as qualified as me or anybody in this field. So I'm just like, go away. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, people on either side of the argument, you're not helping Mm. anything Mm -hmm. by looking like an idiot. You're not supporting (laughs) your position in any way, shape or form. Looking like a Toby, a a complete Toby, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> this is what I know to be true from my many years on Instagram, reading memes. <laughs> it's <Or> like Googling. <laughs> really? And the thing is, a lot of data is really, a lot of data is available from reputable sources. It's like when people say, the science said this. There is no the science. Two people will do a test. They'll have different baselines. They'll have different <laughs> placebos. Mm-hmm. They can mm-hmm. get two different results. You could attach the science to anything. One of my mates, he's a nutritionist back in the UK. And he loves when people talk about superfoods. He's like, what makes a superfood a superfood? Totally. He's like, an apple's a superfood. Like, you want to use spirilla and dubri, what's it? Dingle noodles <laughs> in your juice. Because it's going to cleanse my li- It's going to cleanse my liver. It's like, that's not how the liver gets cleansed. Drink lots of water and get lots of fresh air. It's going to do more than a dingle dubri what's it that you bought from your shaman or whatever it is. But people don't think for themselves. They outsource their thinking and they totally. wonder. To marketing, they, usually. They wonder what's going on. Yeah. Great sales on Instagram. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Cool. Totally mm. bang on. Um, and my mm. experience of science, which is why I left and became a nutritionist, was basically um, you can make the science do whatever you want. And actually, in, in most <laughs> exactly. situations, if the science doesn't work out how you planned, <laughs> you just ask a different question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, there is no the science. The science, the gospel of science says <laughs> that face masks are useless. But then the gospel of science also <laughs> says that face masks are perfect to the savior of all mankind. It's like, it says everything. <laughs> when are we going to stop arguing? And it's just funny to watch people arguing around a question that if answered or asked differently, is going to make both of you are right, depending on the science that you worship and who you've done your blood sacrifice to. But just think for yourself, come out of this place of fear, stop focusing on something changeable. And let's come to something tangible. What I have in my vibration field that's matched with a, a mental projection of it being possible and actions that allow it to be possible will lead to reality. Simple as that. Do that consistently and life will be, be badass. I've seen it time and time again. I like it, man. So where can people find you online? Where can they get your books? Where can they you know, get more of you? Dreamwithdan.com is where all the fun happens. Dreamwithdan.com. My books are there. My podcast's there. I write for Entrepreneur Magazine and a couple of other magazines. You can get links to those on my website. I've got a blog. But dreamwithdan.com is where all the fun happens. Awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show and thanks for taking your, your time out of your day to join me. No, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Looking forward to having more crazy conversations with you in the future. Maybe in Spanish one day. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's do that. I was booked to speak <laughs> at a health event in Colombia before all of this. So let's do it. <laughs> nice. 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 <laughs> Thanks, man. So, before we wrap up, I've got one question. With your expertise, Mm -hmm. uh, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Reality wraps around how we feel. Like, you cannot have an outcome that's not matched by emotional state. Mm -hmm. No matter how many positive thinking things you look at, no matter how much dieting and exercise you do, unless you understand the emotional state that you personally cognitively connect to the outcome, that state of health is not going to be yours. And even if it does come, it will fall away. Reality wraps around how we feel. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, And for the listeners, uh, all of Dan's links will be down in the show notes below. So just scroll down, click the link and, you know, the jam. Uh, Thanks, Dan, for being on the show. Hopefully we can have you back another time. um, And I appreciate your time. Sounds good to me. Thanks, man. See you later. 
Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.